And uh, today, it's emotional day, you know? It's an emotional day. You might have to turn my mic up. I might talk a little softer than normal. And uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for 21 great, I mean, great years. And they've been the best years of our life, really, you know, the best years of our life. And God has uh, opened that door. And it's been, I've always counted it as a privilege. You know, you might say, well, we're privileged to have the pastor and his wife and the family. And, but I've always looked at it as I'm privileged to have you and to be here. I've always looked at that. And it was a privilege for, to be here to serve the Lord. And 21 years ago, um, it happened. Uh, I feel a little bit like Amy. Uh, I don't know if you know who Amy is. Amy is a young lady that is, pl plays amazing golf, and she has Down syndrome, and she was at the Phoenix Open, and at the Phoenix Open, she didn't know, but her parents had set it up so that she would be able to play one hole with Gary, um, I think his name is Wood, uh, Gar Gary Woodland, and he's a professional golfer. And yes, Gary Woodland, and and uh, and and she was surprised, you know. And they're like, uh, he, Gary came, walked over to her. He's like, she's like, wow. And 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 uh, and he he said, uh, you want to play this hole? And she said, yeah. And so he said, go over there, and your mom has your shoes, and we have your clubs. And so she went uh, over to put her shoes on, and when she was walking over, the whole crowd started to applaud for her. And, and and as she went, went down to put her shoes on, she goes, they, they love me. They love me. And, and I have to tell you, that's how I've felt for the past 21 years. They love me with kind of a surprise. They love me. And then she got up to, thank you. And she got up and she, she hit the ball and, and she had a beautiful shot, but it went into the sand pit and people were applauding and, and Gary was like, wow, you're so good. And so they walk over to the sand pit and the crowd is, 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 is roaring and she walks over, he's like, do you want to hit it out? And she's like, yeah. And, and he's like, you do? And she's like, yeah, I got this. She takes her club. She hits it out. Just a beautiful shot. Rolls on about 12 feet from the pin, right? Everybody roars again, you know? And she's like, they love me. They love me. And then, and then she gets up, and she puts the ball, and the ball goes into the hole. And they roar, and she walks over, and she grabs the ball, and she picks it up. And they're just, they're just roaring. And... Uh, and I believe that it was because the crowd just loved her and inspired her. And I have to tell you, I feel a little bit like Amy for the past 21 years. That with you roaring and praying and supporting, I felt like I could do basically anything in the Lord. I really did. And, and so I just want to say, thank you. Um, you've loved us. You've loved me. You've loved my wife. Uh, Crowds roaring. We love you. <laughs> they love me. You, um, you've loved our children. You've loved our children, Sam and Laura and Fred and um, 
was, uh, you know, they've grown up in a wonderful church. They have only good experiences. That's what they have. They have only good experiences. If there's anything that's ever happened that maybe wasn't so good, I never brought it any, to anybody or at home, never. My wife, never. She never heard. She never heard. She even wanted to hear. Where were you? You know, it's like midnight. I got home. Oh, well, you know, just out. We had a little discussion. <laughs> so, but, but they never heard anything, and, and they've only seen good, uh, God's people serving and united together. And I, I can tell you what blessed my heart more than anything is, is last Sunday. I don't know if Bruce is here. I see many friends that, uh, this morning um, that Bruce uh, Dickinson, Sam preached, and, and, and Bruce hasn't been here for over a year. You know, over a year he hasn't been here. Is Bruce here this morning? I don't know if Bruce is here. No, he's not here. Good, that's a good thing. Let me tell you why. Because, because, because when Bruce has not been here, and, and his wife rocks, they're a little older, they, you know, COVID and everything, and Bruce walks in in the morning and sits right here in the second seat, the second row, right there he sits. And I walk, Bruce, how are you? And he says, I'm doing good. And he says, send Sam over. And so Sam, I said, Sam, he wants to talk to you. And, and, and so Sam went over. I don't know what the conversation was, but I can tell you this, that um, Bruce came here. It's been a long time. But he came here to hear Sam preach because he loves him. And they've gone to do different things. That just touched my heart. It touched my heart. So. I got some work to do. And that's this last message. I've got one assignment. Out of all the assignments that I've had. Um, and there's been lots. Thousands, thousands. I'm not sure how many. And I've had some really big ones over the past month and a half. I can tell you. Tough ones tough assignment with Pastor, or with um, Shane Martin, who loved so very much, you know, watched him grow in the Lord, and then had to do his funeral, that was, uh, that was tough, that was tough, lots of assignments, and some major assignments with, even Jane's mom passed away, one of my last assignments, but I have one last assignment today, and, uh, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Before I do, the second to last assignment I have to share, <laughs> and that's this message. I got a word that I want to share with you today. It's going to come from Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. And I, I want to leave you with this just simple message, simple message, in this last, second to last assignment. <laughs> and the title of my message is the priceless value of knowing Christ, the priceless value of knowing Christ. And, and in all honesty, why this came out, even as this title, was because a, a week ago or a few weeks ago, I was reading uh, Philippians in my devotions, and the heading inside my L New Living Translation was the priceless value of knowing Christ. And I said, let me read and see if that's really the big idea. And it really is the big idea. <laughs> and that doesn't always happen, even in your Bible, when you see that heading over there. And, uh, and so it's from Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. The priceless value of knowing Christ. 
Why is it priceless? I want to answer that question. And I'm going to give you two answers to it. Why is it priceless? Priceless means you cannot give anything for it. Priceless means that there is nothing in this world that could possibly buy it. It is worth more than everything and anything. Take all the gold, all of the diamonds, all of the stones, everything that seems to have a pricelessness to it and put it in a big pile. And I can tell you it is not comparable to knowing Christ. The first answer to that, why, is knowing Christ is priceless because he does the work and we get the reward. He does the work and we get the reward. Take a look at Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Look what it says. Paul says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. And then he goes on, and all of a sudden he says something. He gives them a, a warning. He tells them, watch out for the dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. And he's talking about the process of circumcision, but more than that, he's talking about these Judaizers, these people who are trying to get the Gentile people and the Christians who have come to know Christ to follow a bunch of rules and regulations, okay? And so he tells them, watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. And then he goes on and says this, verse 3, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh. He's saying we don't put any confidence in any of that. We boast in Christ Jesus. And then he says, verse 4, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. And then he goes down through his resume. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he lists the things. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. He's basically saying, I am part of the promise, the covenant that was given to Abraham. And, and, and when Abraham took that covenant and God says, make sure all the males are circumcised, he gets, it says, I too was under that covenant and that promise. And then he goes on and he and he, and he says in, in the rest of verse uh, 5, of the people of Israel. In other words, I'm part of the, the family of Jacob, Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. And that's where Saul came from. King Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin. And he's saying, I'm, I have, I have a, a, a lineage that goes back all the way back to, to them, my ancestors, Benjamin. Then he says, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And in that day, there he was born into a really a Greek world. And, and many of the people, he was in Damascus. It's a Greek city. But he learned Hebrew from one of the greats. And, and he learned it, learned it from, uh, what is that guy's, guy's name, the wise, the real wise guy. I can't remember it, wise guy. No, he wasn't a wise guy. That's the mafia. He was a wise guy, though. And, and he, Gamaliel, Gamaliel, he learned from Gamaliel. And then it says, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. 
There were 6,000 Pharisees in that day. He was one of them. They had to follow over 300 and some rules and regulations that were part of, they broke down the Ten Commandments and made all these foolish little laws and rules that everybody had to follow. And he's saying, I followed all of those. And then he says, as for zeal, persecuting the church, the church now that God was using him to promote the, the gospel that he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Here he, he in that day, before he came to know Christ, he said, I persecuted the church. I wanted only to promote and pump my religion. And as for righteousness, based on the law, he followed everything. He said, faultless. And then he goes on in verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. You see, before he knew Jesus, before he came to know Christ and the grace of God, Saul, Paul, who was Saul, he followed all of these legalistic rules and regulations. He had to basically walk in this this way of discipline that was an external structure. But on the inside, he was still absolutely dead and did not know God. All of these credits he had to his name. If anyone could boast, have pride, brag, it was him. He had all the works, but he makes it clear. None of that compares to knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior. Take a look in verse, continue with verse 7. I'll read again, but look what it says. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ, verse 9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And let me tell you, we think of righteousness, it's pretty simple in my head. It means right standing with God. Not right standing in myself, not right standing because of what I've done. That's all it means, righteousness. Big word, but that's basically what it means. I had no right standing. I only have the right standing of Jesus. I have right standing because of, because of him that comes by faith. And what is true for Paul is true for us as well. It's not because of anything that we have done We're spiritual people. We love the Lord, and we do a lot of things. We do a ton of things for the Lord. There's a lot of things we do. Just coming to church is something that we do, right? We we talk to people. We share our faith with people. We read the Bible. We we pray. We we worship together, right? We tithe. We give. We, We teach Sunday school or children's church. We're ushers, greeters, sound systems, all of the many things. We do lots of stuff. We do lots of stuff. You serve in your community. You're on your job there, and you're shining for you're shining for the Lord. There are things that we do. There are things that we do. We do those things, but we don't do those things so that we can gain a relationship with Christ. We don't do those to have a relationship with God. They flow out of a relationship that we already have. I always tell people, you want to serve the Lord, you want to 
You, you want to live for him? Don't get so busy in doing lots of stuff for him. And I think Pastor Brian and Pastor Jamie, and it's been preached and proclaimed so many times, if you will just, just bow down to him and allow his grace to move in your life, I can tell you that you will serve him unbelievably more than you've ever served him in your life. That's just the way it works. It's all about that. You know, I, I think of... I think of just yesterday, actually. I have another story, but I'm just thinking of yesterday. We have a little pool. I put it up, and I put up the pool, and, and a little bug was in there. You know, the little a bug. I don't even know what it was, but it was swimming around, you know? And I'm like, well, okay, one, one more dead bug, you know? We'll get the net, pull it out. Fantastic. My wife saw it, and, and you know what she does? There's a bug in the pool. I'm like, yeah, thank God, you know, one less bug. And, and she goes, no, I'm going to go save it. You know, it's God. <laughs> God loves it too. I'm like, you know, well, I don't, you know. <laughs> I mean, God might love it, but I'm going to kill that thing. And, and, you know, drowned it, you know. And, and, <laughs> and the bug's swimming around, you know. And so she gets the net and she gets it and she puts it, you know, she puts it in the grass. She puts it in the grass and she says, now don't come into my house. And I said, he'll probably be riding on a mouse that comes into the house. <laughs> Whoa, you know. Maybe this lady will feed me. <laughs> They got a lot of crumbs in there. Um, you know. um, can you imagine that little bug? You know, I mean, I mean, it was ready to die. <laughs> can you imagine that bug talking to the other bugs? You know what I mean? You should have saw what I did. There I was swimming in the pool, you know, and I, did, I was just about to the edge. It's about four inches to the top. It's slippery. I couldn't get up. But then all of a sudden, I just played dead. I, I did it myself, you know. And then, and then the net, this net came through. Some lady with a little accent came in and said, let me save you. And, and, but she didn't save me. I grabbed, onto the, I grabbed onto the net, and she pulled me. She, you know. And then, and then his, his girlfriend, Linda, goes, no, 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 Salvatore, that's not... No, you were going to die, and I couldn't save you. You were going to die, you know? And, 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 he, and he's like, Linda, be quiet. She's like, don't tell me to shut up. He's like, I didn't say shut up. I said, be quiet. We're really no different than that little bug. Swimming around in our little pool. <laughs> of this world of lostness and sin and our little world, right? These are deep theological thoughts I want to leave with you before I go, <laughs> Brother Lee. <laughs> That's what Paul's saying. I, I couldn't do it myself. And, and then there's the, re, the reward. And what is the reward? We think of the reward. What does it mean? The reward is, is forgiveness for our sin. The reward is a, a, a relationship with him. A reward is a, a future and a plan. And if you look from verses 12 on this through 17, I'm not going to do it today. I was going to share that, but I'm not. But it's, it's he saved us. That's what Paul, he never got over that. He never got to the place where doing all of these things, being used by God to write scripture, holy scripture, inspired by God. As Pastor Jamie often says, right, the pen in the writer's hand, but... His heart is in God's hand. 
And in being inspired, he never got to a place where he said, look what I've done. It's going to always be about his grace and he saves us. Always. It's always going to be about that. Do you have to believe? Yes, you believe. It's kind of like you're hungry, you hold your hand out, and then the food comes in it. They put the food in your hand. That's what God does. We just put our hand out. We open our mouth. Right? So, so as Sam has said, and I've repeated it a thousand times probably since, we do something, but God does everything. That's just what it's about. And I want, I want that. To, you know, why is knowing Christ priceless? Because he does the work and we get the reward. Paul says it all through scripture. You can read any of his letters, especially in Romans and you go to Ephesians, you know, and Christ died. That's what it was all about. He did the work and we get the reward. Don't ever forget that. Serve him. Use your gifts. Use your talents. But remember one thing. Remember one thing. That's not what's saving you. You might have devotions every day, and you might, you might get up, and you read the scriptures every day, but you know what? I heard one time somebody say, spiritual person, they said, yeah, I was reading the scripture every day. I was so proud of myself. I read, and I'm praying every day. That's what I do every day. I'm, I read, and I pray, and I tell people about Jesus. And, I'm, and, and you know what the person said? The person said, the spiritual person said to this, this person, uh, maybe you need to skip a couple days. <laughs> Maybe you need to skip a couple days because it sounds like you're, you're really thinking like you're holding on and you got this, this, this relationship because of you. It always flows out of what Christ has done for us. And, and if you do pray every day and you do read the word, you do share your faith, don't think that you're doing the wrong thing because you are. But just always remember it's about a relationship with him. That's one of the things I want to leave you with. The second thing in this passage scripture, and there's a ton more. There's a ton more. No way could I ever share it all. And, and the second thing that I, that I see in here when I ask the question, you know, why is knowing Christ priceless? Knowing Christ is priceless because we can personally know him. We can know him. We get to know him, the, the creator of everything that is, speaks to our hearts. He's not just a bunch of, bunch of facts and information, right? Paul knew the value of that. He gave up everything. Look what it says in verses 8 through 11. It says, yes, everything else is worthless, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could be, gain Christ, verse 9, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. 
Paul goes through a litany of things there. This is what I want to know. And, and each one of those could probably be a message. But the bottom line is Paul wants to know Christ intimately. He wants to know his mind. He wants to know all about him. He wants to know Jesus. It's different than scientific knowledge. Scientific knowledge is knowledge about objects or forces or facts that can be studied without any personal commitment, really any relationship. But what's special about knowing Christ is that we can know him as our Lord, our Savior. We can know him like we know our family and we know our friends. It's important to know facts, but ultimately, the key to knowing Christ is knowing him, having him in your life. God wants to be united with us. Jesus describes that relationship, and Pastor Brian preached on it a few weeks ago, as the vine and the branches. John chapter 15, he said in verse 4, Remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am in the vine, you are in the branches. If you remain, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's that life that's flowing from one branch, from the vine into the branch. It's, it's the life source. And, 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 and it's, that's what the relationship, it's described, Jesus describes it in, in, in John 15, 15. I'm going to read from the message. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking or planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You see, see there, there's a trusting relationship that we have with him. And people who are religious or people that are involved in, in religion, they don't understand that. It's not a religion. I'm not religious. We're spiritual. We have a relationship. There's a confidence there. There's an openness. There's a dialogue. God does speak to us. He does speak to us. And so there's a relationship, just like we have a relationship one with another. You get to know somebody. You might know of somebody, but then you get to know somebody. And you know what? Not only does, does God want to know us, and he knows us, but he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him, and that's what reading the word and seeking his face and listening, right? It's priceless because we can personally know him it's a relationship a sunflower you know where, why the sunflower has the name for if you've ever looked i've seen some big sunflower fields and i love i love those sunflower fields i really do and and in in the morning when the sun comes up in the east guess what the sunflower is pointed towards the sun it's an amazing thing the sunflower is pointed towards the sun the flower and the sun is shining down. And as the sun moves through the sky from the east to the west, when the sun goes down, the sunflowers are all pointing towards the west. It's amazing. It's, it really is an amazing thing. And, and, and they get their life. There's this relationship that takes place. And in the same way, that's what it's about focusing on him. That's what Paul is saying in the scripture. I want to know him. And I, I, want, I want the sun to shine on me. And, and there's a relationship that takes place. 
my, my wife, when, when I met her, she was in Swampscott, Massachusetts, and there's Hawthorne by the Sea. It's a little restaurant up there, real nice restaurant. And, and, and there's a big rock in the back, and it's right on one of the bays. And you can see Boston that's, I don't know how many miles, maybe 10 miles away. You can see the skyline from there on a nice day. And, and my wife, when she was, she was alone here in America, and, and uh, her family's all in Switzerland and Holland, and, and she would go and she would sit on that rock, and, and that's where she would pour her heart out, talk to the Lord, and, you know, and, and do devotions and stuff. And, and, and when her dad came, because she would write a, you know, she'd write letters and connect with him. I got a rock I sit on, write the rock. And, uh, and so when her dad came, guess what? He came partway in between her staying here for a year. One reason was to see her. Another reason was to check out this guy that was in her life. And, and he said, I want to go down to the rock. I want to go sit on the rock. Take me to the rock. And so they went down to the rock and they sat there together because he wanted to experience a little bit of what she has experienced and, and just be there, be a part of this, right? And it's a beautiful, really beautiful uh, uh, just thought in what he did, you know, because he wants to know her. And in the same way in our lives, God, God wants to know us and God wants us to know him. And that's in, in an intimate way. God bless you. And, and, uh, and, and so the second thing is this. Why is it priceless? Why is it priceless to the pricelessness of knowing Christ because we can know him personally. You know, I, I love I love Muhammad Ali. I do. I, I used to I watched him live when he would box back in the early 70s. I was just a little kid. I loved to watch him. And 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 I've I've recently watched a, you know, this guy was an amazing individual, really amazing. And 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 I was listening to him and he became a Muslim. And when I was listening to him talk recently, he was talking about this is what he wants to do and he, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it because someday I'm going to be, and he's talking about all this list of things he's going to do, be in the presence of the Lord, or God, right? Allah, right? He wants to go. And, and, and I was just thinking it's so sad because he and so many others that are involved in other religions as well think they have to work so hard and you have to somehow you're going to earn your way in. They don't realize they're just a bug that needs to be saved. And, and you know, as Christians, we can start to make that big list that we have of doing, 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 doing. And that can then be exchanged for what Christ did for us. I'm accepted because of what I'm doing. I will never be accepted because of what I'm doing. I'm accepted because he died on a cross and I put my trust in him and what he did. That's what it will always be. I just want to leave you with those two things. Knowing Christ is priceless because he did the work and we receive the reward of forgiveness and right standing in his presence. Knowing Christ is priceless because we get a personal relationship with him by which he walks with us every single day. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Don't forget that. He did the work, 
and now we have a relationship with him. Maybe you're here, you've drifted a little, you've been doing a lot of work, and somehow that's been like, that's what your relationship is about. The taskmaster is, right? Driving you, forcing you. The boss is telling you what to do. Now it's by his grace. Maybe you just need to get back, you know? Say, I got to start walking in God's grace again. And maybe you've not made the choice ever in your life. And you don't have a relationship, never did. You might have one and you remember it, but you need to get that restored. But maybe you never had one. It's as simple as inviting Jesus in your heart. Because we're going to take communion today. We're going to take communion. And, and it's just asking Jesus into your heart. So would you pray for me? If you need him, pray with me. Pray with me. And then I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to pass the baton and have communion together. If you need to get it right today, you can. If you're with us by live stream, you're right there. You could do it. So let's pray. Say, Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and be my Lord, be my Savior. I'm accepting the work you did so that I could receive the reward of a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. I'm yours today. I'm yours today. Thank you, Lord. And you might be here saying, I'm not right, but I've known him, but I'm not right. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I've made doing become the priority. And yet I've been dead on the inside. So I ask you to come this morning. Restore this relationship. Reconcile me to you. So my doing will really be an outflow of knowing you and loving you. Thank you, Lord. We love you today. We praise you today, and we give you all the glory. Bless this time, Lord, as we pass this baton on to Pastor Brian, who's going to run the next leg of this race. In Jesus' name, amen.